Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience it's the ken carmen show on cbs sports radio 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227 coming up in just about 20 minutes probably 40 maybe even later in the next hour because we always know that this goes in a different direction five burning questions also we have to try to preview week nine so much more to come up through the show but there's something that's been bothering me since i read this article two weeks ago i know that nba players are sleepy that's what the money's for i know that nba players are overworked that's what the money money's for. I know that NBA players have problems. Again, that's what the money's for. You're in an entertainment business. My job is to be entertained by you as a fan, not to feel bad for you. Sleep study comes out. It's an epidemic in NBA basketball. What are we going to do about sleep in the NBA? How about getting out of the club and going to bed? When I read the Players' Tribune and I read Darius Miles talking about the nights he spent out where guys would take him out all night before just to mess with him, get in bed. If you take it that seriously, go to Betty Buys. 855-2124-CBS. I, I don't want to, as a fan, ha- I, can, I can take personal interest in you, but I don't feel I don't have to care. I don't have to care about your problems. I don't have to feel that way. Let me bring on Justin Termini. NBA Today on Sirius XM NBA. Follow him on Twitter at Termini Radio. Good luck spelling it, though. Hello, Justin. How you doing? Well, why'd you even have me on? Because I think you just said exactly what I would have said on that same issue. I mean, yeah. I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, you're going to tell me that you can't play. So back in the day, they would play. I don't know if people understand this. They would play three games in a row when the travel was much worse. Okay, And then they would take the first flight out. So at the outset of Magic and Bird's career, for example, and this is a lot better than what Rick Russell and, and Oscar and West had, they would play a game, they would wake up the next morning, say the first flight out of the city is 6 a.m. They'd get on that flight, they'd sit next to a fan perhaps, they'd sit next to a regular person, and then they would get up and they would play another game, and they would play three in a row. Sometimes they would play five games in six nights, but yeah. i got to hear about how we can't play back-to-backs. I don't want to hear it. I mean, there's part of it where that – isn't that what the money's for, Justin? I know that they're people, too, and I'm not saying, like, I can get on Twitter and, and say horrible things about their parents or, or then they themselves. I'm not saying that. There is, a, there is such a thing as fan abuse, but, you know, you get your, what's the base minimum salary in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, it's what, uh, almost a couple million dollars. So, that, that's again, that's what the money's for. This is part of what the deal is supposed to be. I, I feel like I know player empowerment can be a good thing, but it feels almost like, hey, I, I know I can I can have some of these things and see it, but I also don't think I should always have to pity you all the time. 
No, and Steve Kerr said that a couple of years ago. He's like, you know, the, the criticism is what we get paid for. It's not to go out there and play the basketball game. So, uh, the, you know, the extra stuff that you have to deal with is, is what you get compensated for. So I, I agree with you. I'm on board. Justin Termini joining us on the show. Uh, NBA Today on Sirius XM NBA, Termini Radio. Uh, did the Clippers make that big of a statement the other night, or was this just, ah, you know, it's the opening night of the NBA, and we got to find something we got to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the opening night, but, I mean, there are stuff that you can take away from it. I mean, like the bench, we knew the bench was going to be the best in the NBA, and the bench just for two consecutive games, I mean, 60-plus points. So, uh, I mean, that's devastating. The fact that they did this without Paul George, top three MVP candidate uh, from last year, and I've looked at it this way since the offseason. They arguably have the most explosive offense because they have Kawhi, Paul George, and the Warriors. They arguably have the best defense because they have Kawhi, Paul George, uh, and, and Patrick Beverly. They arguably have the best starting five. They arguably have a top five head coach. They arguably have the best owner. They arguably have the best front office. Uh, so arguably, they arguably have the best bench, maybe inarguably. So across the board, they arguably have the best in almost every facet of the game. Justin Termini joining us on the show. Wow, that's some sincere confidence over there, my friend. Well, I mean, do you debate any of that? I mean, I think it's it's pretty accurate. I mean, name one thing that they're not, you know, they're not arguably the best at. It's hard for me to. I swear to you, it's actually hard for me to. Justin Termini with us on the show. Golden State 0-1, and Steve Kerr said that this isn't a fluke. This is the way things are. Is there, like, a panic going on? Not not a panic with Steve Kerr, but maybe with Warriors fans that uh, this great run might be over for a bit. Yeah, I mean, and I was up there the other the other day, and I actually got to look at that new arena, so that might distract them. We were up there for opening night, but we were talking to Steve and Bob Myers, their, their president of basketball operations prior to, and then Steph Curry, and they were all trying to, uh, to really, if you read between the lines with their comments, they're all painted a picture of this could be bleak. I mean, this this might not be good. This is not what we you know what we've done the last couple of years. And uh, and they're right. I mean, they're going to be a borderline postseason team. And the only reason I even give them a shot of making the postseason is because you don't count out an all-time great. And Curry's an all-time great. And then also they have the infrastructure, right? Like profession. You were talking about the season, wow. right? Well, the professionalism will win you a couple of games. So Curry understanding what it takes. The culture is built in. So there might be more talented teams out there, but they're not going to lose, for example. Golden State won't lose to Charlotte. Golden State's not going to lose to, uh, you know, the the Knicks. They're not going to lose to to the Phoenix Suns. They're going to take care of business in those games. So that might be enough to get them to the postseason. Whereas a team that might be as talented but maybe lacks some professionalism will lose those type of games. So the West is that deep to you that they might still be borderline? Yeah. I mean, you look at uh, Golden you know, State. Yeah. The, 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 just because the defense is so brutal. I mean, we're looking at the defense that ever since Mark Jackson took over, was top half in the league, you know, and in many cases, top five over the last couple of years. Now you're talking about one. I don't see how they can't be in the bottom ten. I mean, they lost Durant, who led them in shop blocking last year. They lost Iguodala, who's one of the better guys at guarding people on the perimeter. Uh, you, you lost Clay Thompson, who was on my All-NBA defensive team last year. I mean, how, who are they going to guard? Curry and uh, D'Angelo Russell are both minuses on defense. Uh, Draymond can't do everything himself. And then in the interior, you have nobody that can play defense either. Like, Draymond's the only guy who's a plus defender on the entire team until Clay comes back. And even when Clay comes back, it might be for, like, 15 games, and he's going to be compromised. <laughs> They're not going to be able to play defense. Just determining with us on this show. Are you already getting calls about Zion Williamson? 
Yeah, of course I'm getting. Of course you are. I mean, people people panic that uh, you know he's the next Greg Oden, which I mean settled down a, a little bit here. Uh, I mean he was fantastic. Hey, you have a lot li- better than I thought. Hey, hey, you have Lima on all the time, right? Or at least well, now that the Cavs aren't good, you probably don't have Lima on as much, right? Yeah, no, exactly. So Lima, uh, yeah, Lima's on two to six after this, and Anthony Lima said, "What are people going to say if I get on the air on CBS on Saturday and call him call him Zima or uh, Zion Odin?" Greg Williamson. Uh, oh, yeah. No, uh, I mean, not many people would hear that because they listen to your show. They tune out for a couple of hours and then they, <laughs> they tune back in for whoever's after him. So I'm not sure there'd be a big reaction to that. Okay. <laughs> I can understand that. Are you worried about him at all? About Zion? I mean, yeah. is he, uh, you know, David, I worked with David Griffin a lot last year. You guys know from your time up there in Cleveland. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's, he's insisted that he's not out of shape. Uh, he's in, you know in the, the summer league. He admitted maybe he was a little bit out of shape. Uh, I'm not worried about him based off the fact that yeah, uh, uh, I think you have to be a little bit concerned just when you see somebody this young who's played this little basketball, uh, you know, get uh, get a knee injury like this. But again, I does he have a long history of this? I mean, Duke that seemed to be more of a freak thing with the shoe. So uh, I would say that you've got to have a little bit more history before you start to get overly concerned. Is this a season where Kyrie Irving ascends to actual leadership? Oh, I cannot say that because, uh, listen, he is a kind of a talented player. But I think that, uh, you're, you're again, they're like a borderline playoff team that he's your best player. They almost lost to the Knicks last night. He hit a big shot. Who cares about 50 but, points? But like, that's the fact that he... was leading off Sports Center the other day when he scored 50 points, I mean, he lost the game. Uh, I understand that, but but Justin, you talent. you understand my like he 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 goes crazy the other night they lose, he he call, basically calls game and he wins last night he, he runs off the floor he gives his dad his jersey people are going nuts and I know it's like you barely beat the Knicks man but they're not without Kevin Durant you're right they're not that great but for Kyrie I think he struggled in that role as a team leader he did it in Cleveland and then LeBron oh, came and obviously it, it blew up in his face in Boston and here he is in Brooklyn. Of course, he's under a lot of pressure uh, because mm-hmm. everybody knows how talented he is. And I could go up and down the list of the most talented. Like, for example, we did a little thing on Sirius X and NBA this year where we had to pick the 25 guys we would start a franchise with. He was not on my list, despite being in the prime of his career and despite being a talented player, because I don't want him on my franchise. I don't want guys to, uh, you know, he's not leading them anywhere. He's, he's ruining the culture of the team. You're absolutely right. I mean, he didn't talk to teammates in Cleveland for a three-week stretch during the most important time of the year in yep. Boston. Here's an example of his leadership and his lack of it, and I have no respect for him after this. And this is where he lost, I think, his Boston team. It wasn't even if... last year. It was prior to last year in Game 7 of the most yep. important game there of it their is. life. Yep. Game 7, the most important game in the lives of everybody on that Celtics team. Okay, he's supposed to be the freaking leader. And then going up against LeBron, nonetheless, he can't sit on the bench and support his teammates. And I think he knew. Leader. That's disgusting I, behavior. See, I think he knew that they were going to lose. He didn't want to be on the bench and watch that. I think he but, felt but that, maybe they were going to lose. I agree with you. I totally, I, I agree with you. I agree yeah, with you. But do you do you think he, he wanted them to win? Like, did he want them to win or lose? Hey, here's the wow. got to the finals without me. Like, I've oh. talked to people within the league question as to whether he wanted them to win or lose. Imagine how bad that would make him look if they went to the NBA finals without him. 
Justin Termini laying it down right now. This is good stuff, my friend. Justin Termini, NBA Today on SiriusXM NBA. Follow him on Twitter at Termini Radio because I go back to when you looked at a Washington team that that made the playoffs. They were kind of middle of the road in the Eastern Conference a couple of years ago. And John Wall standing up there on the scorer's table and the, the Wizards fans are whooping it up. It's like, hey, this is your moment. John Wall's a leader. John Wall is a sincere leader now. And I don't think it's ever too late because Kyrie, and you're right, and I I was glad you brought up Game 7 because I was thinking the exact same thing and I was glad we were on the same wavelength. He has been proven to be immature in the past. But it doesn't mean you can't mature over the course of your career. So maybe this year's maybe a breakthrough year for Kyrie in in, in Brooklyn. That's the only thing I was asking there, Justin. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you would hope. It's early. Uh, Maybe maybe he learned something. And I'll tell you, like, the difference we do, like, Clearly, he's not Steph Curry as a player or a leader. He's not in the same category. It's not even close. But a guy that might have similar talent is Damian Lillard. And you could talk to any GM around the league. There's no way that they would take Kyrie Irving over Damian Lillard, even though I think perhaps he might be a little bit more talented. Perhaps you think Lillard's a a little bit more talented. But look at the culture that they've built up in Portland. Like You never have to worry about anything that's not basketball. Like you might have to worry about the talent level on your team. You yeah. never have to worry about the details because that guy is a fan. That guy is the, and the GMs this year voted him the best leader in that GM survey poll. Like you never have to worry about the extra crap because he is a, uh, he is a true leader. Who's the most fun to watch this year since my team doesn't have a chance and I am an observer of the game and I will always keep it on in the background, no matter what, who do I got to yeah. watch? Yeah. I mean, the, the, you saw it in game one. I think it's the two rookies from last year. Like it really looks bad for the Suns, right, because DeAndre Ayton got caught with the 25-game uh, the suspension here. Uh-huh. And the two guys drafted behind him might be the two most fun guys to watch in the league right now. Trey Young, I enjoyed watching the Hawks last year, even though they didn't. Uh, they were the fifth-worst team. Uh, you know, I love John Collins. I love, I love him. Kevin Herter's hurt right now, but when he comes back, like they're not going to make the postseason but they're exciting to watch. And then how can you not like watching Luka Doncic in a triple double again last night. Uh, and uh, uh, he was great in game one and with Porzingis. Those are two of the teams that I'm most excited to watch. Does the NBA need a hard cap? Uh, with the, with the player move. And I can tell you, here's the thing I'm nervous about because I got to talk to me. I don't want to want to host a full season through a lockout. And that's a couple of years away when, mm-hmm. uh, when that's going to be up, uh, but the, the CBA is going to be up, but these small market owners are not going to tolerate, uh, you know, the player movement, especially the way that it's going. Like, look, Kawhi, Paul George, where did they go? They went to Los Angeles. Where did Anthony Davis go? Oh, he went to Los Angeles. Where did uh, Kyrie and Durant go? Oh, they went to New York. Where did Jimmy Butler go? Despite the fact that Jimmy Butler claims to only care about winning, okay? And he left Carl Anthony Towns, yep. where the first two days of the season has been the best mm-hmm. player in the NBA. Where did Jimmy Unbelievable. Butler go? He went to Miami. Why did Jimmy yep. Butler go to Miami? He didn't go to Miami to win because he had yep. a better shot of winning in Minnesota and Philadelphia the last two places. No, he, he wants to go to 11. To, yeah. Exactly. He wants, he went down there to, he wants to go, what'd you say, 11? Is that a yeah. club? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's I have to go say he wants to sit on South Beach because I'm so uh, out of, like, the nightlife and just social culture well, that uh, I didn't know a specific club, but I know that he wants to go to whatever clubs are down there. I think, I, I think Giannis is going to hurt the most, though, because it's mid-round, and he seems like such a good-natured young man, and already that story that was, uh, what, Malika Andrews that was leaked? Like, right as he's walking off the floor, like, yeah, he's planning on leaving if they don't win a championship. And it's like, man, that one I think would hurt the most where if you're one of the mid-market owners, you got to go, what, what? You're going to kill me. You're going to kill my – got to get people in the building at some point. You have to have a hard cap. You have to. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, even just look at the, the players that left last. Like, Jimmy Butler left Philadelphia. Okay, well, he left Philadelphia who had an opportunity. Like, a, it was a good team. Kyrie, regardless of how messy it was, like, he left Boston. If he goes back there, like, they're a competitive team, right? That's a that's a good team. Kevin Durant left Golden State. Like, those are good teams that they left for, you know, for better, for worse organizations. Like, a worse chance of winning just because they wanted to be in a, a bigger market. Uh, by the way, if LeBron wins a championship this year, this is my final one. If LeBron wins a championship this year, do we dust off the Michael LeBron conversation? No, no, I'm I'm not going that direction. Like, first of all, I don't even think like the fact that it's called the Michael LeBron conversation eats me yeah. alive because there's seven guys that should be involved in that conversation. It's just not those two. It's uh, it's Will Chamberlain, it's Kareem, it's Magic, it's Bird, it's uh, it's Russell. Like you have you have seven guys that can be in that conversation, not just yeah. two. Everybody makes it about two. Uh, that's you know that that annoys the hell out of me. And I don't even like as much as I dislike LeBron. He drives me insane. Like yeah. I don't call people who think he's the best player of all time an idiot. Oh, like, you're a hater. Call, yeah, you're a hater. But no, but I'm still stable in that I say you can call LeBron and uh, you know you can call LeBron the best player of all time. I'm not going to say you're insane. Like if you call Kobe Bryant the best player of all time, even though I like I love Kobe, I don't like LeBron at all. You can call me a hater, whatever you want. Like I don't like him. I love Kobe. I would still call you an idiot if you call Kobe the best player of all time. That's insanity. Justin, I, I thank you very much for the time. I didn't realize we were running long. That's how much fun I was having with you. All the best to you and yours. I hope to talk to you talk to you again soon, buddy. Yeah, but you got me too fired up here. I'm out in L.A. It's 9 o'clock Good. in the morning, and now I'm going to get kicked off the rest of the day. Good. I hope you go get mad. I hope you go get on the 405 now. Go get really upset. Yeah, road rage. That's what I need. Yeah, that's exactly what the doctor's ordering for you. All the best, buddy. All right. Farewell. We'll see you. Justin Termini. Sirius XM NBA today on Sirius XM NBA. Find him on Twitter at Termity Radio. You want hot takes, buddy? He's got them. 855-2124-CBS. Obviously, as Tom can imagine, we are going to move back five burning questions. I know a hard cap won't solve everything. You're going to have to do something. But we keep getting asked the same old question, and I still want to be entertained. And, yeah, I don't care what Justin says. He wins another one. We got to dust that conversation off. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. Fine burning questions coming up in less than 20 minutes. Usually we do it at 1220 Eastern, but I had to change things. Justin Termini was fantastic. And I hate to say it, just get ready for it, but it's going to happen. And Justin's a basketball guy, so there's like 18 different guys he could throw in there. But usually it comes down to this generation, Michael or LBJ. Michael's got six. If LBJ gets another, that's four with three organizations that were turds before he got there. It has to be said. It's all I'm going to leave it at. It just, there has to be that conversation again. If Michael gets another one with LA, away we go with this. But there was an interesting part of this where I I think Giannis would be the most heartbreaking when he leaves. I've just resigned myself that it's when he leaves Milwaukee. Nice kid, taken middle of the round. It wasn't like he was number one with a bullet and everybody knew he was going to be great. He grew into the body, grew into a superstar. He's in Milwaukee. And the Bucks haven't been that great in a very long time, at least any sort of a threat in a very long time. And watching players go, and Justin, Justin was right. Jimmy Butler says he wants to win. What are you doing in Miami? It's very hard to dictate. And when you have a player empowerment movement in the NBA, it's very hard to dictate. It's very hard to look myself in the mirror and say, well, what would I do? It's not about what I would do. It's about what entertains me.
And I do believe that you lose your mid-level fan base, your, your regular fan, because of this. If you're just going to go to New York or Brooklyn, really, if you're going to go to Brooklyn or you're going to go to L.A. or you're going to go to Miami, hey, that's your right. And I salute you for it. It's also my right to turn the channel. It's also my right to watch, watch something else and go somewhere else. That's my right. It's your right to people. We brought this up when Zion got brought up. He, well, he should be able to pick where he wants to go. Well, no, he works for the NBA. He doesn't necessarily work for the team. They're franchises, but he works for the NBA. And so right now he works for the New Orleans branch of the NBA. If he plays well enough, he'll get to go to the branch of his choosing. That seems to be reasonable. And I know that if he's that good, he'll probably go. The only thing I can think of since I can't look you straight in the eye and say that they just need to stay in the cities they're at. And well, forward momentum's forward momentum. There's reasons why New York and L.A. and Chicago and, and Miami have huge populations, and there's a reason why some of the major cities and flyover states have been losing population for the last 60, 70 years. It's that simple. So I can't look you in the eye on that one, but I also can look you in the eye and say, okay, but you're in an entertainment business. I have to be entertained. You can call this a traveling road show, but that means I'm only going to fill your place up when my quote-unquote favorite player comes into town. So if he's a Western Conference team, if he's on a Western Conference team, he's only going to be there once a year. So I'm only coming to your game once a year. And you're not going to make me a Pistons fan because LeBron James is going to be there once this year. And he might not even play in that basketball game because, you know, we're, we're so focused on the rest and tiredness of players. Again, I'm trying to think like a fan here. So you're you're pushing me off by that. The only recourse I can think of would be a hard cap. And even that, I, you know what? I don't even know if that makes the best sense. It might be the best fight for mid-market NBA teams, but I don't know if it's ever going to solve anything. We've seen it before. They added another dispensation for teams who are willing to go into the luxury tax. They've offered another, uh, they've offered another way that you could have two max contracts with your organization. And there's plenty of players that are going to go, yeah, but you know what? It gets it just gets really cold in Cleveland, and no. Oklahoma City's got a ton of money to offer at some point. Yeah, but L.A.'s really nice. I can go disappear in the hills if I want to. I can go live in New York, be there in New York. Because now, as they move the schedule around and there's less back-to-backs, there's le- they try to make it with less travel because, again, player empowerment. You try to make it with less travel, that means you're spending more time on the road, but you're also spending more time at home. So now what used to be a week is two-week homestands, and so you're spending more time in your home cities. So it doesn't feel like, you're hey, you're, you're in Cleveland or you're in Detroit or you're in Oklahoma City, but you're really all over the world all the time. So you might not even notice until the offseason, and then you're not even there during the offseason, which is still short. Now you're spending two weeks in Detroit, a cold-weather city. And you're going, man, I, there's nothing for me to really do and kind of wish I was somewhere else in between these games and these practices. And if you're willing to make those decisions, because there's always going to be some business partner in your year going, hey, I know you could take less going here, 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 but you're going to make it back up on the back end. You're going to be a lot happier. I can't fight you on it. I'm, it makes me very nervous about the health of all three major sports. Baseball, maybe not as much, because pitchers are usually well taken care of, and they seem to be going for the top dollar, and we're seeing good pitching in the World Series. So pitchers might be different. And baseball might be different. 
But in the NBA, it concerns me with the regular players in the NBA. In the NFL, I think it even is going to concern me at some point. I'm waiting for the time. I'm terrified of the time. Because football, and part of the reason that makes football so great, and NFL football so great, and gets everybody in, is that everybody thinks they have a chance. Whether you're in Green Bay or whether you're in New York or L.A., you always feel your team has an equal chance because of the hard salary cap, because of the 53-man roster, because of all that. I'm waiting for a time, and I'm nervous about this, I'm waiting for a time where a young quarterback or somebody somewhere in one of the places that aren't New York or L.A. wins something, plays very well in one place, and goes, you know what, I know what you're saying right now, and I know I should probably stay, but I have to quote-unquote build my brand. I can't be here, I need to go to New York or L.A. It's bound to happen at some point. And it's going to throw us into a tizzy when it does. You get business people in there. They talk about the the endorsement, the money. And because you're improving your situation, player empowerment, I can't fight you. But I also am empowered enough to where I can turn off the TV if I want to, which hurts my industry that much more. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. There's great news. You can save 15% or more on car insurance in just a 15-minute phone call. Or just go to the website at geico.com, 855-2124-CBS. But right now it's time for five burning questions, Tom. How's it going, Ken? Horrible. Thanks for asking. Very interesting developments in Columbus so far. Or lack thereof. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I, I was... I was watching Oklahoma KU for a while there. I'm sorry. Or Kansas State for a while there. Go ahead. Yeah, they just ran some kind of weird double flea flicker, like backwards pass to a flea yeah. flicker for a touchdown yeah. in Oklahoma. Anyway, getting to the five burning questions. The Warriors, the Dubs, mm. opened their brand new Chase Center in downtown San Francisco on Thursday with very different vibes than I think anyone imagined when they were in the planning stages of this building. They lost 141 to 122 to Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. Steve Kerr said after the game that this was, quote, not a one-off, and to prepare for more of this, Patrick Beverly uh, jabbed the Warriors after the game. The Clippers guard said, quote, y'all a little different without KD, I see. Uh Uh-huh. Y'all cheated long enough. It's okay. Y'all had a good run. Back to reality, end quote. So, Ken, how long will it take the Warriors to win a championship in their new arena? Uh, might take a couple years. I, you can never count them out. Steve Kerr's good, and uh, yeah, they're they're good. Yeah, they're, they're, they got they don't got what it takes to win a championship now. But I, I always feel that him and Bob got something up their sleeve. So you got to be careful. Uh, you're you're going to have to get back to full health. You need Clay. You're getting low, but I I still can't count them out. It ain't gonna be this year, but it could still be within the next few years. But yeah, it's a different vibe, man. Different vibe when you move across the bay and you don't have those Oakland fans who are close that can just get in there. So it, it might be a little bit different this time. Next, so former Eagle Orlando Scandrick didn't take his release from the team very well. He went on FS1 this week and trashed the team, saying, "Quote: The locker room is different. I tell guys when I came that I felt like they were still living off the Super Bowl high. It's over. They're living in the past." End quote. Now the Eagles trolled him right back. He also attacked Malcolm Jenkins. Then the Eagles' social media posted a clip of him on the sidelines this season, telling Malcolm Jenkins that uh, basically that the, you are the uh, leader and inspiration of this defense. However, there are all kinds of leaks happening. Josina Anderson had one a couple weeks ago. This dates all the way back to last season with drama supposedly surrounding Carson Wentz and Nelson Aguilar. 
So, Ken, what's really the issue here? What's actually eating the Eagles, who clearly are underperforming? I'll tell you what. what's eating the Eagles. It is exactly what Orlando Skandrick said. Now, I think that he took some liberties, and he's he's a little bit of a red ass because he got cut. And I don't think the Eagles' social media team should be taking shots at him, but whatever. Um, I think that there probably is some truth to that. Once you win a championship, I bring this up constantly, it's hard to put the confetti back in the cannon. It's harder to repeat than it is to win in the first place. And in a professional sport, guys can't help but wonder what's going to be in it for me. When's my contract? I got my ring. Where's my contract? I want my money. Because you've already experienced the pinnacle. So most guys aren't going to be Hall of Famers, right? Right. I mean, 97% of these guys, not even 99% of these guys aren't going to be Hall of Famers. So you're not going to be in the Hall of Fame. You've won a Super Bowl. You want to make money. That's what you want. And you can't help but turn a bit selfish because you want more. So I think Orlando Skandrick's right that every team that wins in the NFL, this is what, again, this is what it makes the Patriots so interesting. And this is what makes them probably the greatest dynasty because they're doing it at the most selfish time that you're going to want paid. And I think Orlando Skandrick, while maybe he just went Sammy the Bull Gravano on this. Maybe it wasn't the best way to do it. He's right in the long term. Guys just want theirs, and I think the guys with the Philadelphia Eagles want theirs. So you have talent, and I think you're going to have an up-and-down type of season. The Eagles are an up-and-down type of team right now, and Carson Wentz is going to have to have them circle the wagons. I thought it was interesting Orlando Skandrick didn't throw our Carson Wentz under the bus. I did too. And he, he was given a couple of opportunities to and, and said nice things about Carson Wentz. So that takes away from the anonymous sources over the winter. I thought that was a pretty interesting thing, especially when he's firebombing everybody else out there, including you know who you brought up earlier. He didn't bring up anything about Carson Wentz. I thought that that was uh that might have been a little bit telling on that. Wentz Next. is so vulnerable too, but yeah. Yeah, he is. I, if he would have thrown him under the bus – that would have started this whole conversation over again because I, I was ready, and I wrote it down in the notes. Maybe the anonymous sources were right. Orlando Skandrick, eh, he makes me back off that for a minute. Next. All right, the Tom Brady rumors about his future continue after, of course, earlier this season he voided the extension to his contract, meaning he will be an unrestricted free agent. After this season, he's put his Brookline, Massachusetts mansion, which was personally constructed for him, up for sale. Adam Schefter has even gone so far to call his return to the Patriots next year the least likely option. So, Ken, I know we've talked about this in theory, but do you seriously buy the idea that we are going to see Tom Brady in another uniform before the end of his career? I don't. I do not. He might want one more personal challenge for him. I don't know. I can't pretend to get in Tom's head. Uh, I call him Tom. Like, yeah, we're all buds. I can't pretend to get in Tom Brady's head. It might be something where it's his last frontier. Because he might feel he plays well enough where, hey, at 43, like say if they win another Super Bowl, they go back-to-back, they win hundred Super Bowl, or they win another Super Bowl, right? Say you go back and you say, this is my final frontier. I've won seven Super Bowls. Now I will take another team and I will put them on my shoulders and I will go out there and win. I think it just has a different, I think it has a different feeling, though. Now you go from 42-year-old leader of the Patriots, leader of the of the dynasty, to... Now you're 43 years old, kind of hanging on. Does that make sense to you, Tom? It does. So I think it makes him look different. I think right now him and him and Belichick need each other. They've they've been. Sometimes I think it's a forced marriage because I don't think I don't. If Bill Belichick could have moved on, I think he would have already moved on. I think he would have picked Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Tom. I think that's the truth. 
And now that the owner made his his opinion known during that time, they are married to each other, whether they like it or not. And so I think they very much need each other in that sense. And I think it would be weird for Tom Brady to be in another situation other than the New England Patriots. I think it takes away from the mystique. I think right now, guys go into New England, including the Browns tomorrow, including Kansas City last year. It's hard to play against a guy who was playing and winning Super Bowls where some of these guys were still small children. He won his first Super Bowl in 2001. Some of these guys were born in 1995. Like, they were still small children when he wins his first Super Bowl. So now you have a different type of feeling here, and I think it's very interesting now to see how this thing gets changed if he goes somewhere else. There's a mystique with him. There is an aura that surrounds him. He's the greatest of all time, and I think that goes away a little bit if he goes somewhere else. Next. I totally agree. He would need Josh McDaniels too, right? I mean, like, he's not going to run a new offense Ma- or anyone else's offense. Yeah, but if you're Josh McDaniels, where you're going to go somewhere else and Tom's going to be your quarterback, then what do you do next year? Because he can get I mean, a 43. Uh, None 43. of this makes sense to me, Ken. I'm not saying yeah. this is reasonable. I also think there's so much on the line yeah. for Brady. He knows what will happen if that's, he leaves. The Patriots will I, keep winning. I don't Tom think it's Brady true. will not win with the Bears, I don't think, or the Broncos, or the true. Panthers. Exactly. I don't think it's true. I, I think when, when he's voiding a contract, maybe he wants to get one final pay before it's all over on a one-year deal. Maybe he wants to do that. Maybe he sees it because the Patriots are always under the salary cap, right? Yeah. So maybe he might be looking at this going, you know, I'm going to be 43. You guys are That's still under assuming. the salary cap. You don't spend a lot of money. I'm going to take a max contract worth 35 or $40 million. Maybe he sets the market for Patrick Mahomes in that case on a one-year, two-year deal, something like that. The only And s- then he ends it. I, about the house. I don't know about the house. Guys just get bored. You have tons of money. That. You just move to different homes. I don't I, care about that. That's what rich people do. Exactly. That's just how they all live. The time. Last yep. thing on this, the one thing I could see being a possibility that because the league would be so aggressively behind it and Tom is Mr. California and Mr. Southern yes. California is oh, the my Chargers. God. He could save the Chargers franchise going into that new stadium. I could see the league pushing for that. Uh, then I'd just call him Tom Unitas, but you're right. It's Go really ahead. uncomfortable, but I don't think yep. that happens either. Uh, all right, number four, Rutgers today, Ken. At home, you can get up to eight points to bet on them against Liberty at home. Liberty <laughs> was an FCS school two years ago. Liberty is in their first year as a full-fledged bowl subdivision official D1 school. They're not school. bad, though. They're not bad. They're not They're bad. Like- they can score, and they probably will, will win today, which leads me to the question, <laughs> Does the Big Ten need to actually start looking for a way to kick Rutgers out? Oh, no, they never will. They love the money. They love the money. And if they go get Greg Schiano again, then it maybe it will be easier. What are they? Aren't they like five and three or five and two? Yeah, Liberty's Liberty five and yeah, two, they're man. Five and two, and they can score. Damn, man. Chris Ash running up and down the sidelines couldn't get Rutgers going. Hugh Freeze is basically George Washington on his deathbed up there in the press box, and they're still able to win games. <laughs> well, that was not a great comparison. That was kind of nasty. Um, no, I'm never going to bet on Rutgers. And it, it, you got to tell, you got to, you got to be able to admit, Bill Belichick loves Rutgers players. The DD King of Walla pointed this out to me. Bill Belichick loves Rutgers players, wins with Rutgers players, wins Super Bowls with Rutgers players, but they can't win in Rutgers with Rutgers players. He likes Shiano's players, and Shiano did win. Shiano's players are well-coached and professional. Well, then get Greg Shiano over there and be a feeder system, damn it. What are you guys waiting for? Yeah, they should have hired him back already. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, you know what? I'm going to 
I can't lay eight. It's still Big Ten football. And uh, no, they they shouldn't, but they should have. It just goes back to the old problem that they have. They should have brought in. They should have tried to bring in West by God, Virginia, and they should have tried to bring in Pitt as well. But who the hell am I? It's just better football, but you know, they had to be in New York because, you know, it's college football is such a hotbed in New York, but had to get that TV money. Okay, next. All right, last one. After the Astros saved their season last night with a 4-1 win over Anibal Sanchez and the Nationals, A-Rod claimed on the Fox postgame that the winner of tonight's Game 4 would go on to win the series. Ken, do you agree? Oh. Yeah, because I think the Nats are a special story. I don't think they give it up. I agree with A-Rod. I think if, if, if Houston gets it back at 2-2, then everything's perfectly fine again for them. And they feel good going in. I think they get their swagger back a little bit. And they're a very cocky, arrogant ball club. Very cocky, arrogant organization. Notwithstanding what happened over this week, I understand. They're a very cocky and arrogant team. So I feel if they got it back at 2-2, then they go, okay, we're going to go ahead and we'll take care of business. We'll close this thing out. Washington up 3-1. And I know that the Cubs came back and won a couple years ago. But it's going to be hard. That pitching staff, you got two of the best in baseball right there at the top. You would go back to that list. I think that's Curtin's. I think you're, I think that A-Rod's right. By the way, would you consider A-Rod as a manager? Uh, it got brought up this week. That's complicated. No, too too much. It's not insane. You wouldn't, want, no. J, you wouldn't want J-Lo in the clubhouse? You wouldn't want J-Lo in the dugout? That's the problem, though. Yeah, no. Singing the national anthem on opening day? And he's Come, just I mean, way too big of a star to be the manager. He really like is. He's, he's done a lot to repair his image. Do you think he has? Am I being am I giving a little little too much credit there? No, I think that's the whole that's yeah. the whole success on TV thing is that he's, yeah. that's the same thing Herbin's doing on Fox by the way. Yeah. Both yeah. successfully repaired their images. But you go back to managing's tough and I think you go back and put yourself in the crosshairs with a fan base again. I, I don't think you're, Alex Rodriguez might say he wants to do that, but I think someone needs to talk some sense to him. He's done a lot to repair his image in a lot of ways. 855-2124-CBS coming up in a bit the week 8 NFL preview up next. I have never been so upset to be so right. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 